I, I'm really glad that the very first thing to happen right after sinking is my friend sends me a picture of a guy from Jackass saying, this is related to the convo last night, is this guy hot? And I'm like, I don't know anything about Jackass, I've never seen it. <laughs> it's just Bam! It's just a picture of Bam! Okay. I mean, you don't need to know anything about Jackass to be shown a picture and go, is this person hot or not? Uh, yeah, fair, You fair. just look at the person and you go, is this person hot? Yes, no. I, I don't think I find Bam Margera hot, personally. I don't know what he looks like, no. <laughs> fair, fair. Last well, night, last night, maybe. <laughs> Adjacent. I could see it. I don't feel it. But I could see it. That's fair. L last night, it was uh, Johnny Knoxville that she was asking me about. And I was straight up, like... I Okay, I had just smoked a bowl because we were just, like, getting high together on voice. Because it's fun. Um, but... <laughs> that one's definite no for me. Oh, same. I, I, not into it. Um, but she goes, Do you think Johnny Knoxville is hot? And I go, I don't know who that is. Because my brain misheard it as Jenny Knoxville. And I was like, mm -hmm. is there another Knoxville I have never heard about? And this confusion lasts for a solid five minutes of me going, who did you say? And then her going, Johnny Knoxville. And like, Discord conveniently like cutting the audio right before fucking Knoxville. So I'm like, I, I can't keep asking this. This is, like, my auditory processing can't be this bad, can it? <laughs> and eventually you're just sending a picture of me going, oh, no. Not at all. I mean, at some point you could also just be like, hey, Discord keeps cutting out when you say the name, please type the word out. 
This is true. However, counterpoint, I was stoned. And not have a brain at the moment. It is an energy. I, I, I'm simply gonna do this. I'm moving Discord to the side of my screen so I can just have Bam staring at me the entire time we do this podcast. You don't have to do this. I don't have to, but I feel like the look in the look in his eyes that he has in this picture are are eyes of hope, and you know he's looking at me like he trusts me to do right by this podcast and you know i feel like that's an energy i can use so it looks like that screenshot of Ishin that i sent you you know it's actually startlingly close it actually i hold on let me let me copy the image let me send it to you Oh, I, I thought you were going to take, like, a relatively recent picture, which in which he does have somewhat Ishin vibes. No, this is, like, ultra baby face. Let's go back to middle school, child. Go away from me. Who let this precocious child into this building? It is exactly that. But, but the look, very same, like, in terms of, like, the look they're giving the camera. Very similar. No, not at all. Those completely <laughs> different energies and vibes. These have nothing to do with one another. I refuse to accept this conclusion. I'm going to try and make sure these are in the show notes so people know what the fuck we're talking about. Because, like, okay, for, for everyone listening, uh, at about 11.35 a.m. this morning... Uh, exactly an hour ago, actually, Sam just sent me, without any context, a picture of Ishin Kurosaki staring directly into the camera. Um, like, his face is, like, at an angle, but it, it is an image that exudes supreme dilf energy to the fa- fact that he's, like, he's looking at the camera as if he wants to take care of me and you know i'm okay with that i would let Ishin just take care of me but like <laughs> the baby face to bam is what's really getting me this is okay like if it had been a picture of like post jackass 4 bam margera that's then i bam? could be like yeah or at least that's what google images is telling me yeah I, I would have been like, see, this person, I would say, has, like, Ishin vibes. That other, that picture you sent me? No, that's like, when was this taken? Like, 1998? <laughs> it was taken early in the Viva La Bam days, I'm sure. If not even earlier. God. I don't know what those words mean. You, okay. Viva La Bam was... A show that Bam Margera, like, was basically the host of, or whatever. And it was, like, because I know the the premise of Jackass, it's basically just Jackass, but just about Bam and his family. Uh, And it's mostly Bam doing, like, a lot of pranks on his family and being a general rude boy TM. Uh, I, I don't really like it. Like, 
I had an ex who was pretty into it and tried to get me to watch it from season one, and I was like, all right, sure, we'll do this, I guess, but it's not really my thing. Here's the the extent of my knowledge of Bam Margera. <laughs> he is involved in some way, shape, or form on with Jackass. I don't even know if he's one of the people who do the Jackass stunts. I do not know this. Yeah, that... See, I don't he, know either. <laughs> so that's one. The other thing is... I am aware of that one meme picture that puts all the Tony Hawk Pro Skater games and the skate games in the same, like, infographic and makes a timeline. And part of that timeline splits based on whether or not Tony Hawk meets <laughs> Bam Margera in this universe or not. So I assume that Bam Margera is available as a skater in Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. I, Maybe. I, I can confirm Bam Margera is in Tony Hawk's Pro Skater uh, in multiple of them. I'm pretty sure. Uh, and that that is the entire sum of my knowledge of Bam Margera as a human being. <laughs> I I feel like Bam Margera is like a ghost that has haunted our podcast because of that one fucking time I made a joke about Wonderwise being his cousin. And <laughs> if we just kept it going and now Bam just looms over us all. <laughs> this is where we're at now. We should start the show. Welcome to It'll Wash Out, a Bam Margera fan podcast. I'm your co-host, Cinna. And I'm your co-host, Sam. But definitely not for that thing that we just said. <laughs> Let's just go ahead and jump right into it with episode 142. Order. Forbid rescue of Orihime Inoue. If you didn't know, somehow, listening to this, that this is a Bleach podcast... Boy, are you in for a surprise, but this is a Bleach podcast, actually. <laughs> oh, Ichigo wakes up to find his injuries completely healed. He senses familiar spiritual pressure as Toshiro opens the window and tells him that it was probably Orihime who did this, before taking him to the Soul Skype call, where it seems everybody's meeting. Ichigo shows up here and asks why Orihime isn't here, uh, before Ukitake just shows up on the screen. Uh, everybody's like, uh, where's Yamamoto? We were, we were set up to meet with Yamamoto, and Ukitake's like, uh, well, actually, I'm the one handling this call, because I was the last one to see Orihime before she went into the Senkaimon. And, you know, it seems, by your reaction, that I was right. And she never made it to the world of the living. Uh, he says that the guards that went with her actually ended up coming back alive. And that those guards, the information they gave him, mean... Basically, the info means that Orihime was probably either abducted or killed. Of course, we know neither of this is the case, necessarily. But uh, this sets Ichigo off as he gets, like, really mad about the thought that she might be dead. Um, but he's, like, he kind of breaks through this anger because she's he's very confident that she came to heal him during the night. Which surprises both Ukitake and Yamamoto, who just walked in. I do love that Ichigo's like, hey, um, I'm a child? Don't traumatize me by telling me without any reason to believe such that Orihime is dead. <laughs> yeah. 
Just don't. You don't have any proof. Your dudes say that she was abducted. That that's what they told you. Don't like. Don't assume that she's dead because she was abducted. What's wrong with you? It's it is a really good moment. I also like that he starts off this by getting like really upset and like reasonably so, but then he like realizes that all his injuries are healed and he's like, well. If she's dead, how do you explain this? And, like, I, I like that. I think that's good. Yeah. Oh, I also want to shout out to the um the fact that the, uh, Orihime had written Rangiku and Toshiro's name on the apartment door plate. <laughs> so now it says Orihime, Rangiku, and Toshiro. <laughs> I adore that so much, genuinely. Yamamoto is surprised by the fact that this means Orihime must be alive. Uh, but he confirms that this probably complicates things because if she wasn't abducted and she wasn't killed, this means she went to the Arankar of her own accord. Ichigo gets ready to speak again and Renji stops him and just goes, listen, I Renji of like Toshiro advanced squad and my normal squad that I've forgotten the number of because I'm a really good bleach fan. Um, <laughs> I, I'm going to go to Hueco Mundo and I'm going to bring this traitor to her senses. Which, first of all, I get why he's calling her a traitor, but also fucking harsh, bro. Second of all, Renji, you, what makes you think that going to Hueco Mundo by yourself is a good idea? Yeah, well, maybe he's just trying to get permission so he can leave with Ichigo. I guess that's true. Like, that is definitely a thing he could do. Also, I can't believe that you wouldn't remember that he's part of Squad 6. Just like, you know, 6, like his soulmate, Grimjow, clearly. <laughs> Obviously. I feel like this is a stretch. <laughs> I feel like you started that sentence and then lost confidence in it, like, halfway through. So you just started nervously laughing with it. <laughs> I'm sorry, that, that was harsh. <laughs> so upset. You'll have to do the rest of the podcast on your own now. Alright, well, peace out. <laughs> Fucking, okay. So, of no, course- but I- Go on. I, but seriously, I do love that, like, Yamaboto is just like, Oh, an opportunity for me to be the worst person in the world, you say? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I am the copiest cop of all cops. It's As so... such, <laughs> I will let you know she she is a traitor to our cause. There is absolutely no chance that they would let her go and heal you if she had been proper abducted. And I'm like, damn. We all talk about like Aizen, be Aizen like being the the super mastermind and Okiora being like the guy who's like putting his plans into motion, but like. He, they just got you, Yamamoto. Like, this this was probably literally the reason why Okiura did this. It's so funny. Because, like, Renji's like, well, I'll just go get Orihime. I'll just do that. And then Yamamoto immediately is just like, no. <laughs> you, you're not doing that. Because, guess what? Uh, all members of Hitsugaya Squad, uh, y'all are returning to Soul Society. And we're going to defend it, because clearly, this means they're going to attack at any moment. And Rukia's just like, 
what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> like, no, I'm not doing that. And Yamamoto is like, ah, I was prepared for this response. Guess what? And then the door opens in the room behind everyone. And Kenpachi and Byakuya are just here. And they're like, hey, we're here to take you back. And if you say no, then we're just going to have to take you by force. Yeah, they're like, we will beat the shit out of you. So, you know, just come with us. And it's like, Jesus Christ. (laughs) You could have sent in one of them. You could have... I, like, told Hitsugaya, hey, bring them back. By f-. Hitsugaya is in the room, too, although he he does give... He gives the two arriving captains, like, just the best stink eye. Yeah! <laughs> it's so good. I was like, oh, damn, Hitsugaya was was about to... He was about to pop off and go to Huekamundo, too. It, it's, it's really good. I... It has the energy of, like, a, a police procedural or something where, like, the, quote, good cops have found some, like, really big dirt that could, like, blow a case wide open, but because it's, like, too close to, like, the precinct or whatever, the, like, the chief, the captain, I don't fucking know cop stuff, I don't want to know cop stuff, the, the, like, captain is just like, um, well, you see, this, this could put us in trouble, so, uh, you're gonna pretend you never saw this, or you're under arrest. And it's literally <laughs> that exact energy. And it's great. I love it. <laughs> yeah, and then two members, like, and then Superman and Batman walk in, <laughs> and they're like, oh, yeah, come with us. <laughs> <laughs> the funniest thing in this is that I don't know whether Kenpachi is Batman or Superman, and I don't know which is funnier. <laughs> Kibachi is clearly evil Superman. You're right. You're right. He doesn't flinch. Nobody, like, I just like imagining Byakuya as Batman. (laughs) If you're listening to this, you are legally obligated to draw Kenpachi as evil Superman and Byakuya as Batman. And uh, just go ahead and fucking add us on Twitter. Like, you are legally obligated now. I'm sorry. I don't make the rules think you do i do make the rules and guess what if you don't follow them i'm gonna send two captains to your place to force you to draw them rude (laughs) um so at this point ichigo says okay fine i'm not gonna ask for your help in going there but at least tell me how to get to waco mundo like if y'all aren't going to help like i am going to go myself and yamamoto's like do you realize the position you're in, young man? <laughs> like, no. You're you're gonna come to Soul Society with the rest of your little advanced squad here, and, you know, you can't die for nothing. We need your help. Now, he doesn't tell him he'll go to Soul Society, but he does say, absolute the fuck not. You are not going to get- you're- we need you in the fight. You're not going to go get yourself killed. Yeah, fair. I, I, I thought it was implied, but I guess you're right. He doesn't explicitly say this. They also just, you know, they leave him there. Yeah. They leave him there when they go. True. Uh, Rukia tells Ichigo that she's sorry, and then we cut to the streets of Karakura Town as Tatsuki runs around looking for Orihime. Uh, She does the classic bit where she, like, 
sees a stranger who from behind looks like Orihime, and she goes, are you Orihime? And the stranger's like, what? And it's like, okay, I'm glad we did that bit, Bleach, thank you. Um, and then she, like, thinks back to the night on the riverbank where, like, Orihime said goodbye and that she'd be back or whatever, um, where it was, like, extremely gay and fireworks were going off, like, that night. And she cries as she wonders where her best friend slash wife went. It like she goes to all her favorite food stores. She tries to go to like uh, she goes to like an ice cream shop. She goes to a donut place. She goes to their wedding river. Like <laughs> she's just going everywhere that Orihime might be. It, it, it is really effective. Like I do like this. Like it. There are some things later in the episode that I'm not as hot on, but like it, it's also we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Um. Meanwhile, uh, we cut to the visored, and Shinji's just, like, washing his face, I think, as Mashiro shows up and is like, hey, I found this strange package outside, I don't know what's in it, here you go, and Shinji's just like, oh, okay, and he opens it, and it's just a bunch of clean bandages, uh, and there's no, like, address or anything on it, but he just assumes it's from Ichigo, and there is a note that says thanks. There is a note that says thanks inside. Uh, so, like, it is pretty clear it's from Ichigo, but I don't think it actually explicitly says it is from Ichigo. But he he's... Shinji ain't dumb. He knows who it's from. Um, at Ichigo's house, Ishin breaks into his room, but Ichigo is too lost in thought to care about what his family's getting up to. He won't even eat. Yuzu tells him not to worry about it, and the family leaves without much more fuss. Kone tries to get to him and is ignored, thankfully, uh, before being asked to move from Ichigo's bed. Yeah, like, his family are just, you know, they're trying to be the most accommodating. They clearly see that he's having a depressive episode, and they're like, hey, why don't you come eat with us? If you don't, the food will go bad. It's like, no, it's fine. It's like, okay, well, actually, don't worry about the food don't apologize it's fine we'll put it in the free in the fridge you can eat it later Khan tries like he tries humor he tries insults does work and then Ichigo's like hey uh could you move from the bed I need to take a depression nap like it is so sad <laughs> it is like it's really effective because like everybody around him like because he is he is being demure and polite and just kind of relatively downcast and everybody who knows him and interacts with him in this mode is like oh fuck <laughs> it, it's it's really good because like this is like consistently what happens when Ichigo is like having a really rough time and having to think through things is that he does get quiet and he he acts polite and just like you know gives everybody you know plenty of space but he keeps them at arm's length also and it, it's just so consistent and like this that anytime you see him like this it's like oh boy all right buddy are you you're not good like can i do anything for you it, it, it's just it is heartbreaking to watch like it is genuinely sad uh, we even cut to the next day as Ichigo's teacher, who I've forgotten the name of once again, uh, can't get a rise out of him. Uh, she's like smacking him with a book and everything, being like, oh, I thought you were going to flunk out and blah, 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 blah. 
Um, and like in the middle of this, he he's just like, "Oh, I see you changed your hairstyle." And she goes, "Why? Thank you for noticing. I did that three weeks ago, idiot." And I'm like, "Jesus, can you can you not tell this boy is like depressed?" Yeah, like just no one can get a rise from him. Uh, it, it continues as Ichigo apologizes to Mizuero for being so busy lately. And Mizuero's like, hey, I got two tickets to this movie, and uh, I don't want to take Mr. Asano. Uh, do you want to go? And Ichigo's like, give me that. And he sees it's like on December 5th, and he's like, yeah, I'll do my best to be back by then. And then he starts to walk away, and they're like, what, what the fuck does he mean be back by then? And then Totsuki shows up, just like out of breath, and is like, Orihime is gone, and you know where she is. He asks what she means and tries to cut the conversation short, but she picks him up by the collar and tells him to cut the crap. She's always been able to sense Orihime's presence, and now it's gone. For a while it was faint, but still there. But as of yesterday, it is just completely gone. And Ichigo... I genuinely think at this point that Kubo ships these two, like, even more than we do. Like, actually, secretly. I, I think you're right. And, like, I I do genuinely wonder. Like, the, I don't want to give credit to something that is not in the text. And that we don't have, like, a, like actual physical evidence to support, like, Kubo saying something. Um... But I genuinely wonder if it was originally planned that Totsuki and Orihime were going to be in a relationship. And, like, it's possible in editing they went, no, she has to end up with Ichigo. Which, I don't know, but, like, it could be. Yeah. Um, But what I love about this interaction is that she is very confident that Ichigo knows something. And when he tries to tell her, again, that he doesn't know what she's talking about... She says, don't fucking play dumb. I've seen you running around in, like, a black kimono fighting strange people. Like, I know you have secrets going on. We are friends. You need to tell me what's happening. Like, I, what am I to you? And she, like, calls back to the many, many times throughout his, like, childhood that they had been there for each other. And... She basically begs him to stop hiding things from her. Um, And I like everything that is on her end because it rings so true. And I know that the fact that Ichigo here just apologizes and walks away from it, I know it is because he wants to keep her safe. He believes that by keeping her out of this he is keeping her safe from harm and that is why he is choosing to say nothing but i so badly wish he would just tell her yeah like i really like like this performance is great the uh this this entire scene with tatsuki is like really good um and in a sense uh it, her frustrations really hurt because it's entirely deserved and also it mirrors in a meta sense like the greater fan base's desire for her to be involved like yeah because yep. it's like 
when she's saying like, hey, what am I to you? It's like, yeah, hmm. yeah, hey, uh, hey, Koopa, what is she to the story? Is she like a close friend of Ichigo or is she someone who comes, who shows up for an emotional moment in between arcs and then never actually shows up during arcs? It, it's it's frustrating because it's like it, it's once again one of those things where the show and I assume the manga like we'll get there do this thing where they like clearly flag that they're aware of something that they could be doing that would be really cool and instead they are once again cutting like you know her out of the story basically and it makes sense to me why they are doing it this way and it does ring emotionally true i just really wish that ichigo would at least tell her and be like i am trying to keep you safe because at least then we would have like a resolution to this emotional conflict but instead it just leaves us here in this really rough space and it is upsetting and it is sad and I do like it. Like, this This is one case where I genuinely do like it. Um, and, like, I, I do want her to be involved in the future, but, like, ugh. Good shit. Uh, basically, he tells Mizuhiro and Keiko to take care of Totsuki and to forget about him. And Totsuki screams at this point, calling him an idiot as he just walks away. Uh, and then we yeah. she, go on. She has also punched his face through a window. Yes, she she does in fact punch his face through a window. <laughs> Rest in peace, Ichigo. For for all for all the uh, more civilized age fans, she found the shatter point. Boo! That's not even <laughs> accurate. Boo! Fuck off! I know it's not accurate, but I don't care. Star Wars lore is stupid, and I love it. Um. Okay. Mystic eyes of fate perception. <laughs> so, oh, I, I did actually skip over one, like, really important detail, I think, to this interaction, which is that Ichigo, rather than just pretending to know what, to not know what's going on, after the point that she says she's seen him, like, fighting strange people, he tells her that this does not concern her. And that is what really was the breaking point for me of being like, Jesus, fuck. And yeah, he's doing the thing where he's being mean and cold and just like, hey, Chico, I know this is on purpose, but also you're being mean and cold and I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, I, I just want everybody to be friends. I, I want, I, I so badly want the bleach where Totsuki becomes empowered and like, comes to help them fight and take back Orihime and gets back together with her wife. And I need that. Is there like an AU fanfic where that happens? Like there's gotta be several. Like there, there has I to be. I right? refuse to believe that there isn't. I, I, I have to read that shit. Um, but we cut to nighttime after this interaction and each ghost shows up at Urahara shop and the owner says it was only a matter of time before Ichigo showed up. He says Ichigo probably thought that he, of all people, would know how to get to Hueco Mundo. Of course he was right, so Urahara has already made preparations. Um, he says he was worried about this very situation, and it was a mistake to leave Orihime out of the battle. 
he'll do anything he can to help. I do like that he openly admits that it was a mistake to leave her out. I, I do genuinely like that. Yeah, he's like, I was, I sent her away and I told her that she wasn't going to be in the fighting because I thought it would help. And then like, I forgot that as soon as she heard there would be trouble, she would come running back. I did not think this one through. Yeah, it, it's it's all on her heart, guys. <laughs> Sorry. Well, maybe, maybe he was like, you know, no way Soul Society just lets her run back with two nameless mooks as guards <laughs> and like no one else. They wouldn't do something as stupid as that, would they? <laughs> Says it says the man who ran from Soul Society. <laughs> like, <laughs> hears about how Soul Society handled the situation. Immediately goes, I expected nothing, and yet I'm still disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, classic Arahara. Ichi- the the funniest thing about this interaction is immediately after Ichigo's like, is going against Soul Society like really chill with you? And Arahara's like. Bitch, how did you think I got here? <laughs> yeah, he's like, what? We've been, o- we have been over this. It's. I am like on chill-ish terms. I guess Ichigo's like, hey, you're on chill-ish terms with them, because clearly at this point, Soul Society is aware that Urahara is like there and around, <laughs> just not like. Offic- I think in an official capacity, Soul Society still doesn't know. In an official capacity. But, like, all the captains gotta know by now. They have to! Renji's been fucking camping out at Urahara's place. <laughs> like, there's, there's no way that Byakia hasn't asked for, like, a detailed report. And when, like, Renji, like, sends back a report with, like, giant missing chunks of text, is like, this isn't complete, do it again. And then Renji's like, okay, fuck, fine. And then gives in the finished report, and he's like, oh, Urahara's there? Okay, chill. I don't care. <laughs> well, maybe he's just like, I have found work and lodging at this convenience store where a giant man named Tessai works. <laughs> it, honestly, ideal. This is, <laughs> this is what I imagine is the case. Uh, hey, be, hey, um... Uh, <laughs> Captain, do you want me to tell you all about the people that I I that I meet and interact with on a daily basis? Absolutely the fuck not. <laughs> How dare you even bring up the the idea that I would be interested in your social life? Renji like brings him like a half-assed report with like no details, and Biakia says, do it again. And then he brings <laughs> Biakia a report with way too many details. And Biakia like gets to the first page and he's like Okay, I don't give a shit about this. Do it again. <laughs> you should be giving this report to Hitsugaya. He's the one who's currently your the guy in charge of you. <laughs> and then Hitsugaya's like, "Buddy, I've been there with you the past like month, like not lodging out, but I've known about this. Like, buddy, you don't have to." Yeah. Um we they are walking through the like underground training area at this point, and Uryu tells Ichigo that he's looking pretty glum, uh, which surprises everyone th- with the fact that he's here, except Urahara, of course. And then Chad walks out and says, we're going to. And Ichigo's like, guys, 
you know Kubo's not gonna let you do anything. Like, you can't, you can't come with me. And then Chad's like, what about this? And lets out a massive punch, and it is sick. And it does not break Ichigo's defenses, but he's like, how about that? Am I strong enough now? Believe in us. Don't take this on yourself. And then Ichigo's just like, well, fuck, I guess I have to. <laughs> and then Urahara claps, asking if everyone's ready. And the episode just ends. It also, like, this is also the point where, like, we see the ending theme, and I'm like, okay, so this entire ending theme has Chad, Ishida, Orihime, Ichigo, and Tatsuki standing on the roof. And that's so fucking rude to Tatsuki. It is so rude to Tatsuki. (laughs) Especially after this episode, where you're like, yeah, she's there. She's part of the core group with those four. (laughs) Bitch. This is Tatsuki Erasure. How dare you? <laughs> I I can't believe the gall of this fucking episode. What was the post-credits bit and the manga differences this time, Sam? So, the post-credits bit is... All the Shinigami, like, arrive at Soul Society, and Renji asks his captain, Hey, um, were Byaki and Zoraki just, like, waiting in the wings, <laughs> waiting for Yamamoto to say something? <laughs> For them to show up, and they're like, yeah, yeah, that's what we were doing. That's part of my job, to, <laughs> to dramatically arrive whenever I am summoned. <laughs> it was fine. I killed time with Captain Zaraki, and then Zaraki turns around, and he's got, like, the most wolfish grin, and there's a sparkly <laughs> background, and I'm like, excuse me, are they fucking? <laughs> <laughs> it is the most unclear bit of, like, what they are implying, and I adore that for them. <laughs> it was really funny. <laughs> I was like, what is, what, what is this, what is this smile supposed to convey? What are these sparkly background bits supposed to mean? Like, are, like, either they're fucking, or Zoraki is, like, secretly the best person to be with on a car ride, because... I don't know, he tells great stories or something, or he's, he's got he's, he's like really good at tic-tac-toe. At, he's fucking amazing at slug bug. <laughs> he would murder a man. <laughs> I just want Kenpachi to go slug bug and just punch somebody through a fucking wall. <laughs> like I need that. Oh yes. my god. So for the manga uh, this time around. Not a ton of differences. The only real difference is that the line that Urahara says in regard to Orihime is, I was too passive about protecting her because I was concerned with her feelings. Which implies to me that he would have, like, locked her up in a fucking coffin or something. Like, he would have sealed her away in a box. Uh, I mean, it wouldn't be the first time that's happened in this show. Yeah, and it is very uh, Urahara. Uh, but I do want to share with you just some, like, the page where all the Shinigami are leaving, and you see Ichigo, like, just waiting, <laughs> just, like, not even looking at them go. Uh, like, Rukia has a bit that doesn't show up in the anime where she's, like, actively looking back and apolo- Like, before, we see the bit where she's apologizing to him, but right before, there is a part where she's, like, looking back and being ushered through the door by Renji, which I think is a is a nice little touch. Yeah. I really like that in these pages, like, the room is so barren and empty, and, like, I feel like that really reflects how Ichigo, like, must feel at this point. Like, Mm -hmm. very, 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 
stark white in the background, and I think that's great. Yeah, and also the scene where uh, the angle of the scene where Ichigo's face goes flying through the window is uh, <laughs> like you actually see it from the hallway side. Holy shit! Damn, Totsky. I want to see a, I want to see an Iran car go fucking toe to toe with Totsky because they'd lose. <laughs> and also, so the end of chapter like I- illustration for the chapter that ends with like that two page spread I sent you, which is it ends after the Yamamoto after the Shinigami go back to Soul Society. Uh, that chapter is called Eagle Without Wings, and uh, this is the image, which is horrifying. It's a uh-huh. bunch of like plucked wings uh plucked feathers and blood splatters it's like oh that's that's how ichigo feels right now that's terrible that is awful but then the following chapter which is called uh, winged eagles and it ends with you know chad and uryu showing up and being like uh fuck you we're coming with you whether you want to or not ends with a three-winged bird flying around oh that's cool i like that a lot and just since it's been a while coming, uh, there is a there was like a running gag for a while in the in these uh in these chapters, and it's a society of the female soul reapers <laughs> uh, ongoing story. It spans one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine chapters. <laughs> like somewhere <laughs> in the last like four months, there was like nine chapters dedicated to the story, and it's basically just. Unohana, who is the Society of Female Soul Reapers chairwoman, uh, she shows up and she's like, "Hey, uh, we should go. We should go to the beach in the real world. We should go to the human world and celebrate on a beach and like relax." <laughs> Her vice captain is like, "Uh, I don't have a bathing suit <laughs> because we're soul reapers and that's not a thing that we tend to do." So they all decide, "Fuck yeah, we're going on a." <laughs> We're going to go on a shopping spree. On a shopping spree. And basically the rest of the thing is just how they react and go to the... How they all go to the world of the living and they have shenanigans uh, purchasing bikinis. Oh, this, this is cute. Yeah, I'm putting it in chat so you could look at it later, but that's basically it. There, I guess there is an extended joke of um, Soifan just being like, how what what do I take that Yoroichi would like, <laughs> and Yoroichi just gives her the the worst, most lame one piece that's like bedazzled, bedazzled with rhinestones. <laughs> She's like, "This would look good on you," and Soifan's like, "This this is the worst thing I've ever seen in my life." But also, Yoroichi said it's good, which means I must purchase it. God, I I'm I'm looking up like trivia. Because I'm, I'm realizing this is a thing I could have been doing this whole time, where I could just look up, like, trivia tidbits about the episodes we watch. Um, and apparently, um, the, like, scene of, like, a young Totsuki bringing up the rumors that Ichigo can see spirits, uh, like, it should have been adapted in, like, episode 8, <laughs> and it is apparently only presented here in the flashback. Like, where they're going back through, like, uh, the times where she was, like, there for him as a child. Yeah, because I think it, 
I think when it first shows, I think it does originally show up in the manga, like at around that point where where it's like when you get introduced to Tatsuki as a character. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah, it was like it's part of her introduction as a person. Very interesting that they're like, oh, fuck, we forgot to put this in. And then they just put it in in episode 142. Here's a good spot for it. Yeah, like, <laughs> good on you, but Jesus. Oh, shall we cut to break? Let's cut to break. And let's get right back into it with episode 143, Grimjow Revived. So we start the episode at Urahara's store with Ichigo's normie friends. Like, they're they're just all looking around the corner and they're like, Hey, what the fuck is Ichigo doing at this shady store with a sketchy owner? I do genuinely love this. All three of them know that, like, Ichigo is gonna do something <laughs> like he's going to disappear for another x amount of time and they're like okay well we want to we have to figure the the fuck out of that like we have to know. even if he doesn't want us to we want to know we're his friends i so there's a i like this just because it, it it's very clearly bleach being like listen we fucking know that it's weird that ichigo keeps disappearing and it's very weird that his friends wouldn't do anything, so we're gonna, like, actually try and address that here, and I appreciate that greatly. Yeah, and, like, like this entire scene is added to, uh, is added from, by, uh, by the anime, like... Oh! Um, they, they show up at the store, it's just, we don't get this, like, this, we don't get this conversation and this flashback. Okay. Um... Like there's a bit, there's a bit of a conversation. There's some slapstick. There's some reflection on earlier conversations that they had, and then we cut immediately to Udahara in the underground area, who's telling the mod souls, "Hey, um, we can't even have a chance of you accidentally becoming involved in the plot. So step back further, <laughs> further, further. No, you have to be completely off screen. There we go. <laughs> that is totally what they were doing. Holy shit! Like he says, it's because it's dangerous for them, but like." You you very clearly and deliberately see that the two kids are staying where all of them were standing previously. <laughs> it's like okay, okay, anime. I get it. I I really sincerely hope that throughout the rest of the anime's runtime, I really hope that the mod souls keep just like almost like wanting to get involved and then just like get like forcibly pushed out i hope they're in the fucking thousand year blood war like anime like i really hope they're in it just to be kicked out god that would be so good <laughs> i do funny. i do want them to like i'm i'm like really curious at this point because like hey there's filler arcs that i haven't seen and, like, I've only seen, I think, the first episode of the next filler arc, and I haven't seen anything past that, and I haven't seen anything past the other filler arcs. Is our next arc a filler arc? No. No, we have, like, Not. one more before one, right? We have another Arankar arc, yes. Okay. Because there's, like, seven Arankar parts seasons or something. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it happens after, like, Arankar part four. We'll see. We'll get we'll get to it. Um But yeah, so Urahara like begins the incantation for his for his gate. He opens the garganta, which is the giant hole in the universe that the hollows use. He explains how they can like use the ambient 
energy to like make platforms underneath them and ichigo just says hey um please take care of my loved ones what about your friends i'll apologize to them later it's fine <laughs> so he chad and Uru, you jump through and urahara tells the students hey i know you're hiding i left everything opened and unlocked just so you could come in and see this like <laughs> thanks urahara <laughs> Thank you. Like I wanted, I wanted you to like be aware. This is what's happening, and also you have no place in it. But you know, <laughs> that's neither here nor there. I, I I specifically wanted to show you this, so you realize just how above the, your pay grade this is. <laughs> like you, you need to know. Like you can't be involved, my friends. I do love that Urahara is like. Can you imagine that kid being so dumb as bricks that he thinks that just being mean to you for, like, a minute will make you stop being his friends and worrying about him? <laughs> what a chump. <laughs> the most Urahara thing, honestly. In Huecomundo, Aizen greets Urihime and, like, welcomes her to Las Noches, <laughs> his castle. And he asks threateningly for her to show them her power. Because some people, and by some we mean Lupi specifically... Uh, don't like that the entire fighting that they did was a was just a distraction to kidnap her, and he complains about it loudly. And Eisen like immediately fucking destroys him because he's like, "Hey, sorry, bro. I didn't think you'd get the shit kicked out of you." <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> it's incredibly good and petty, and I adore it. I fucking adore it. It's like, well, we don't, you know, don't we don't like having like a big fight. Yeah, but I thought. You know, you'd wreck shit. Like, why are you hurt? You suck. I fucking adore that Luffy's only purpose in this scene is to be a fucking bitch. <laughs> like, I adore it. So he Aizen asks Odakime to, like, fix Grimjow's arm. Luffy goes on and on and on and on about how it's impossible and he threatens her and yada yada yada. And then, hey, Grimjow's got his arm back. And Aizen explains, uh, yeah, Odakime's power, like... It's not that she turns back time or something. It's that she literally picks an object and she goes, Hey, this thing that happened to it, what if it didn't? <laughs> and she can just do that with anything and any, like, event that happened to a thing. So, in a sense, it's a power that fucks with reality, like, on a god level. <laughs> it is insane. <laughs> And all this is fine, uh, but Grimjaw is like, hey, fix something else for me, and he points to the scar covering his number six tattoo. This, obviously, Lu gets Loopy really angry, but it's fine, because Grimjaw just immediately kills him. Just immediately. <laughs> Literally, as this was happening, in my brain, on all cylinders, was just, let's go! <laughs> <laughs> Over in the, like, in-between world, uh, Chad and Ichigo are having a really hard time running on the incredibly shoddy spirit energy path that Ichigo is making. Like, it's all lumpy, and it's brittle, and it's terrible. It looks like the asphalt that Lightning McQueen lays uh, <laughs> when he first is told to lay asphalt in the first Cars movie. I, I think it's illegal that we bring up Cars on this podcast, but I guess, like, we brought up worse things, so... ka -chow. Fuck off. No, I'm not. No. <laughs> Udu, meanwhile, just has, like, a surfboard that he flies around on, which is great. <laughs> He's like, oh, this is this? Oh, you mean this? This is just like a really basic version of my, of like my version of Shunpo. So, you know, really... who gives a shit? This is baby stuff. This, anyone could do this. <laughs> I... What's this? You don't have an air fryer voice? 
you don't have a laser surfboard? <laughs> like, I, I love that Uryu, like, first off, I love that Ichigo hasn't questioned that Uryu just has, like, his Quincy powers back, really. But also, I adore that, like, the entire basis of Uryu getting his Quincy powers back is him telling his dad, yeah, no, I'm definitely not gonna hang out with those Soul Reapers again. I'm never going back to them. And the first time he goes off to go do something, he's just like, sup, I'm here. Yeah, like, Chad even brings this up. He's like, hey, um, Urahara, like, told me of the deal you made with your dad. Aren't you breaking that deal? And then we get a flashback to Uryu, like, completely out of breath in that, like, underground Quincy training area. And there's, like, a hole that appears in the in the, in the the air. And Urahara steps out and he's like, ooh, hello. <laughs> Just here to cause mischief. <laughs> and he, like, he tells him the whole thing with uh, Urihime. Uryu's like, oh, you wanted to come here for my help, but I can't do that. Fine, fuck you. I'm gonna go save her myself. Wait. Wait a second. <laughs> Did you say that Ichigo's do- going on his own? <laughs> and she says, yep. And he winks. And then Urahara's like, winks back and thinks, hell yeah. And then we cut back to the present time. But Ichigo's like, that's sophistry and you know it. I'm also a soul reaper. <laughs> no, you're a substitute soul reaper. And they told you to fuck off. <laughs> Which means you are neither an actual Soul Reaper, nor a, quote, friend of the Soul Reapers. <laughs> it's I- incredible logic. Thank you. Perfect. 10 out of 10. Also, just in my brain, hot off the presses, don't know why, my brain is suddenly craving, like, uh, like an English Bleach movie. Uh, like, live action, and for some reason wanting Urahara to either be played by David Tennant or by Tim Curry, (laughs) and I don't know which is funnier. (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) Like, I don't know why this just entered my brain. I have no explanation, but I really badly want it. I would love to see Tim Curry be Urahara. It would be so good! Like, imagine the space video, but instead it's like Soul Society or Hueco Mundo. It's so dumb! <laughs> so we go back to the Quincy training room where Ishida's dad, like, sees the note that his son left. And then he turns around, he doesn't even look at it, he turns around and it's like, Hey, Kurosaki, what, what the fuck are you doing in my house? <laughs> also, how did you get your powers back? <laughs> So they just have, like, a conversation about being cool dads who will leave the new generation to do their own thing and who won't interfere and live quietly in sadness. And then we cut to Urihime looking at the moon from her, like, lavishly furnished jail cell. (laughs) And she's, like, she's wondering, hey, is the fighting going to be more dangerous because she healed Grimjow? Did she do the right decision by coming here? Um, But, and this is, this is something that genuinely, I think I could just completely glossed over this bit both in the manga and the anime the first time i saw this because at this point orihime explicitly says she's got to make aizen think that she's on their side because doing that is going to stall the time when they go on for 
excuse me, it's going to basically buy time for Soul Society to be ready for war. Because as we've seen, the Arankar are a couple of months ahead of schedule from what Soul Society thought as far as being ready for like a full-scale assault. And they're like scrambling to get ready. So you could see the logic being Orihime going, okay, they're here in full force when they shouldn't be able to. Which means if I don't go with them now, they'll just go, like they'll start the war. That's what's going to happen. They'll start fighting. But if I go with them and I like play along with them and maybe do a bit of what they want me to do, I can stall a couple of days, maybe a couple of weeks, give time for Soul Society to like get ready. One can only hope it follows through on this. <laughs> yeah. Um, and at that point, there's just a massive spiritual pressure that's felt. And we see Aizen lounging around and saying, they've come. Uh, as presented in the anime, I genuinely could not tell if it was supposed to be the feeling of Ichigo's battle pressure arriving. Or like, Aizen, because he's like, he's Aizen feeling them arrive. And then letting loose his own in excitement and like, Orihime feeling that, oh, Aizen's ready to fight. Um, in the manga, it's more clear. It's literally, like, they punch the reality and land inside a building, and that's when the spiritual pressure is felt. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, I was also confused about that, so that that's good to know that there's a more clear answer. Yeah, and as for the post-credits bit, uh, the, during, so normally we don't talk about the gags during the post-credit, uh, during the next time on segment, um, because it's, you know, it's just there. It's nothing. Usually, it's nothing uh, super interesting. I just want to mention that in this case, the mod souls are mentioning that. Oh no, our gigai are broken. <laughs> the filler arc with the uh, ei jutsu guy, he broke our gigai. Jesus Christ. <laughs> we can't. We can't fight. So that's why we couldn't go jump. Jump in. Uh, the actual post credits bit is Ishin asks Ishida like, "Hey, why are you?" Like, are you smoking? And he also adds that, like, and he quit, and he only smokes on Memorial Days because it looks cool. Uh, but also, isn't this a fucking hospital? And there, <laughs> there's Ishida. There's a no smoking sign right there, <laughs> and Ishida's like, "Don't worry, it won't be a problem." Like, you can't just say that because you own the hospital. I mean, can't he? <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I guess he can just say it, but also... <laughs> yeah, and then as far as manga differences, uh, there is just, like, a one panel that we don't see in the anime, which is when we see Uryu, like, out of breath and in the training room, we see that his dad is literally leaning against the door outside. Like, that's where he's smoking. Okay. He's... Which gives me the impression he is purposely giving Uryu this chance to, like go do his stuff. He just is an incredibly awkward adult and doesn't want to talk to him or make him think that he cares for him in the slightest. Honestly. <laughs> because he's terrible. I love that for him. Terrible dad energy. I adore it. <laughs> terrible dads make great characters, as I always say. <laughs> Honestly. I I love watching Ryuken and Ashin interact. I, I want more of it. And also, just... 
just because it looks sick, here's the two-page spread where Grimjow kills Loopy. <laughs> oh my god. It's so much more brutal. Holy shit. Yeah, you see his arm go entirely through that man's chest. <laughs> Holy fuck. Uh, and then the end of uh, chapter illustration is like, just this bloody cracked six. <laughs> just like, oh shit. This rules. This fucking rules. Let's go. And as a final segment to our to to our episode today, because next episode we have a new intro. So I was thinking, why don't we bite off another podcast bit from podcasts we respect and enjoy and do a live reaction to the new intro? You know, I wanted to do this for a while. And, you know, I'm glad we're doing it. I'm glad you had the idea because I didn't even think about it. But, like, here we fucking go. Let's do this live reaction. Yeah, actually, so for anyone who wants to watch, this is Bleach OP number seven. It's called After Dark by Asian Kung Fu Generation. This song fucking bangs. Like, I, I love this song. So for anyone who wants to sync up on YouTube or whatever, three, two, one, play. Oh, this does bang. I love this. Yeah, no, it's it's fucking good. Uh, I, I like the flame effect. The flame effect on the in, on the logo is really good. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, we've got the standard shonen anime running bit. Forgot about those guys. Death. I I completely <laughs> forgot those fuckers existed. I'm excited now. Oh, that, that shot of that, like, spiraling around. Very cool. Ooh, black and white. I know it's because this is just where I know Asian Kung Fu Generation from. Strong Naruto vibes from this opening. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. I do like Orihime being, like, underwater. I think that's a good effect. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Ooh, really cool shot. Look at this smarmy asshole. <laughs> yeah, no, I really like that last shot of Ichigo, like, flying towards Aizen. Like, with his mask broken, like, breaking. Really, really cool. I like yeah. that a lot. Good opening! Good ass Good opening. opening. Won't, I don't think I'll be skipping it. Good I, opening. Yeah, I, I think I will... Like, I love Alones. Like, I love the song. I found myself, like, in the latter half of its runtime, skipping it every time. Just because, like, the opening itself doesn't really do it for me. I was only listening to the bit with the monstrous con caricature singing. <laughs> well, of course, because you had to go. <laughs> that was yeah. the worst singing I've ever done. Holy shit! <laughs> oh my Give yourself God. some credit. I'm sure you've done worse. Thanks. <laughs> I like I to sing. <laughs> I believe in drunk you. Oh yeah, no, drunk me definitely fucking absolutely killed some shit like i i think my favorite personally is when i'm like trying to sing something that's way out of my range because like i i can sing i promise guys i can sing 
but like there are times when I'll try to hit a note that's far out of my range and I start to hit it and then my voice just fucking wavers and falls out of it and goes into this horrible falsetto and it's just so funny every time. You just got to do the uh the the rock band method of like understanding exactly the pitch where your voice stops working and every time you you're about to sing you just go down an octave. <laughs> that that is the way of doing it. That is how you do it. <laughs> like there's a lot of there's a I was always the singer in our rock band group when mm-hmm. we just played it in university and I had to I had to understand or come to the realization that most song or a lot of songs on that video game are like about a third of an octave on either side. Like the the high points go a third of an octave higher than my range and then the low points go a third of an octave lower than my range. Mm-hmm. So it just becomes an exercise of being like, okay, well, I'm just gonna, every time it it ends up going too low, it's gonna, <laughs> your voice is gonna go like, da 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 da. This is the point where I wish I had the range of fucking Cedric Bixler Zavala, who's, he, he's the vocalist of the Mars Volta, and uh, a few other bands, like, at the drive-in. Um, but, uh, his range goes from D2 to C7. <laughs> it is insane. That is ridiculous. He that is, is utterly bonkers. He is fucking wild, and it shows in his music, because, like, if any of our listeners have listened to the Mars Volta, like, it is just the most batshit insane music. Like, it, it sounds like you are, like, about to explode into every fucking color in the universe. I don't know how else to describe it. It's fucking bizarre and bonkers music, and I I love it. It's great. Like, if if you like heavier rock, go listen to Day of the Baphomets by the Mars Volta. You will not be disappointed. It goes some places. Um, oh, fuck. Now, like... I'll read this off podcast, but I need to find a description of that song. That, that there's a description of the song uh, on like uh, Rock Band Custom Central or whatever. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna have to actually find it. But we should probably end the show on that note. This is been- I don't have this power. I. I mean, you kind of do. You've never tried, have you? No, I accept the power that I do have, which will be on display in about a minute, presumably, assuming that you close out the show now. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) This has been It'll Wash Out, a Bleach Rewatch podcast slash Bam Margera fan podcast. I have not forgotten. Shoutouts to Bam. (laughs) Bam, if you want to come on our show and talk about Bleach, feel free. You're, You're welcome. Anyway, you can find our show on Twitter at BleachCast, and you can find me on Twitter at Lavender underscore Paws. You can find me on Twitter at SSBSLJ. I believe in a few weeks we are doing the second movie. Am I right in thinking that? Yes, I think we have another three, maybe four weeks of episodes, and then we'll be doing uh, the Diamond Dust Rebellion. Yeah, so if if you have any questions or thoughts about that movie... Uh, feel free to send them in to iwobleachcast at gmail.com. 
we'd love to hear from you. Season finale is also coming up soonish, so like now is the time if you want to like go for that. I'll try and be a bit more uh, active on Twitter to like be like, hey, you can send in messages here, and you know we'll read them on the show. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, Quinn is also going to be coming back on the show uh, for movie two. Uh, like we'll have to confirm recording dates and all that, but they have confirmed they want to do it and they are going to be back on. And I'm excited for that because we, we loved having them on the show. Yeah. But alas, it is time for things to come to a close as I am dragging this out out of fear for what Sam has in store for me this time. I hope you have a great week. Stay cool, Chads. All peoples are vampires. I don't know what I expected. I, I do not know what I expected, but it was not that. <laughs> Shiva Tadai